It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Monday to you all. I hope you all had a relaxing and safe Thanksgiving last week. For the next 30 minutes or so, you will be Locked On Thunder, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can find a podcast dedicated to all 30 NBA teams. My name is Brady Trantham, and I will be your host and your man for all things Oklahoma City Thunder from here on out. I've been covering the Thunder since 2014 overall, and since 2018 with 107.7 The Franchise. You can find my columns and all Thunder articles at thefranchiseok.com. It's really easy to find. I even have my last name as a front tab on the front page. I don't know why they put me on there. Who knows? You can also follow me on Twitter at Brady Does Sports. If you follow me, please forgive me for my horror movie rants. In addition to this podcast, you can also hear me on my other Thunder podcast, OKC82, which I co-host with Madison Morris, also of the franchise. Now, those podcasts are more of an instant reaction to all 82 Thunder games, hence the name. So feel free to subscribe and listen to OKC82 as well as Locked On. I think both podcasts will complement each other really well. You'll get a Locked On podcast Monday through Friday. OKC82 only comes on after each game. We also do a weekly show every Wednesday with Chisholm Holland at the Press Restaurant at noon. So if you're in the area, come out and say hi to us. Like I said, you'll get a new Locked On Thunder podcast Monday through Friday. And last week, I told you guys and gals that we would have scheduled segments through the week that you all can look forward to. And again, this is all you know still kind of trying trial and error so some weekly segments may change some weekly segments might stay the same everything has to start somewhere you know so just like go watch episode one of Seinfeld and then binge watch season three and then tell me how many things changed for Monday we will do weekend in review where we will quickly run through the Thunder's exploits Friday through Sunday and wouldn't you know it OKC played two games this weekend albeit against the same team but they still played on Tuesday we will do Thunder numbers where I will highlight an interesting number trend or pattern about a player or the team. Wednesday will be the crossover segment where I'll sit down with someone in the Thunder Media Syndicate and have a conversation about the team. Thursdays will be Throwback Thursday, and me being a history nerd loves that a lot. Basically, a look back at the history of basketball in Oklahoma City. And finally, you know, think of Fridays as just kind of a free space. Basically, I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head, but I might be able to squeeze in a Thunder player or two, who knows, uh, as the season wears along. So let's get right to it. Here's Weekend in Review. The Oklahoma City Thunder swept the New Orleans Pelicans Friday night in Oklahoma City and Sunday night in New Orleans. I say night even though they played at 4 o'clock. I don't know what to call that. Afternoon, evening, you guys tell me. The Thunder did improve to 8-11 and with the two wins on the season. And wouldn't you know it, they are currently a half game out of the 8th spot. Phoenix Suns hold the 8th spot currently at 8-10. and while the Minnesota Timberwolves are not that far ahead of them in the seventh seed with a record of 10-9. and nine. So depending on what side of the fence you're on, tank or not to tank, 
I don't know how happy you are, but again, the Thunder are 8 and 11. And Stephen M started to look like his old Kiwi self, averaging 15.5 points through the two games. He shot 13 of 18 from the field combined. He even shot 5 of 6 from the free throw line in the second game on Sunday and hit some very clutch free throws late on, in the game on Sunday. And just going beyond the raw numbers with Steven, just from an eye test standpoint, he looks much more comfortable at the free throw line. He looks much more comfortable when he has the ball in his hands on the floor. He, he looks much more sure of himself, a lot more aggressive. His stroke at the free throw line looks much smoother. He's starting to resemble the player that we all saw in the preseason and gave us all the reason to think, you know, this Steven Adams could definitely be a force on a team with Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, and a second-year player in Che Gildas-Alexander that a lot of people are excited for offensively. I mean, Steven can put his name right in the middle of that pack and that group and be an offensive force. Had some nagging injuries to start off the season. Had some disappointing performances that I think went beyond just him being injured here and there. But he's starting to look more and more like the player that we all envisioned going into this season. How much of this was just Steven healing from nagging injuries here and there over time? Or how much of it was just playing against the likes of Jaleel Okafor and Jackson Hayes? (laughs) I'll let you guys decide. Well, actually, this season, this was Steven's second best two-game stretch of the season. I know that's kind of a weird, who gives a crap stat line for you, but if you just look at his numbers throughout the year, so many single-point outputs, so many games where he gets little to no looks offensively in the half court, and this is a team led by a point guard in Chris Paul who we were all excited for, the Chris Paul-Steven Adams chemistry, the Chris Paul-Steven Adams pick and roll towards the basket lob game. We were all excited for that. It just hasn't really come to fruition, but outside of a November 22nd and 25th performance where Steven averaged 16 and a half points uh, in those two games, I believe he had 22 points against the Lakers and a 15-point output against the Golden State Warriors in that comeback win. He only had 16 attempts in those two games. This two-game stretch looked a little bit more sustainable. It looked like vintage Steven Adams that we that we've seen the last two seasons when he's been at the top of his game and so is Abdul Nader a guy now <laughs> I mean we we all knew that Abdul Nader Deontay Burton somebody on this Thunder bench was going to have to replace the role that Hamdou Diallo uh, his injury has forced onto this roster uh, Hamadou Diallo of course is still going to be sidelined for the next three to six weeks with a right hyperextended elbow he will of course be reevaluated at the end of that timetable. So who knows when he's actually able to come back. But in the meantime, it's got to be Abdul Nader or Deontay Burton uh, to go along with Dennis Schroeder, Darius Baisley, Nerlens Noel, and those guys off the Thunder bench, which has been really, really good the last few weeks. Nader, of course, scored a career-high 23 points in that terrible blowout loss to the Blazers last Wednesday. And a lot of those points came in garbage time. So to be honest, I'll, I'll be frankly honest, I did not think too much of that 23-point performance. I thought it was just a ha- like a, a product of circumstance. Like I said, it was all garbage time mainly. But the former Iowa State Cyclone shot 7 of 11 from the field, including 4 of 5 from deep on Friday night, and really played a huge role in the Thunder avoiding a home upset to the New Orleans Pelicans in a game that they controlled except for, you guessed it, the third quarter. Abdul Nader was huge in that game, and without his play, I don't know if the Thunder win that game at home. Sunday saw a dip in his production, a, a huge dip in his production, I should say. He was 0 for 4 from the three-point line, only scored four points, but it just looks like he's driving with a little bit more purpose and less adventurous unsophistication. You know, a lot of times Abdul Nader would drive just because he had no idea what to do with the basketball, and I asked Billy Donovan about this uh, a week or so ago, just what he wanted to see out of out of Abdul Nader other than just usual consistency. And when you're talking about a guy towards the end of your bench, 
a lot of the times it's going to come down to consistency. But with Abdul, I mean, Billy always highlights that he's one of the first guys in the gym, last guys to leave. And I know that's a cliche, but it does speak to what we typically are able to see as media when they let us go onto the floor and see these guys shoot around. And we've all said the same thing about Abdul Nader, about how he's the best shooter on the team. And that included last season when he had Paul George as a teammate. Abdul Nader is just sinking shots left and right. So there's no doubt that Billy Donovan is correct that Abdul Nader is a guy that really works on his craft. But Billy said that he really wanted to see more assuredness out of Abdul Nader. And that kind of goes into the silly pump fake down, go down the baseline dribble, Euro step into a charge or a just a bad foul or a bad bailout foul from the official. Um, just a lot more confidence out of Abdul Nader. Maybe that's coming because he's getting a little bit more consistent playing time as a result of Hamadou Diallo's injury, but just something to look forward to, I guess, and keep track of as we get deeper and deeper into this Hamadou Diallo absence. And that was Weekend in Review. When we get back, we'll talk We'll talk more Chris Paul. We'll talk some Shea Gildas-Alexander as well from old topics from last week. But before we get there, I just wanted to talk to you guys about Audible, the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with the 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. Listening on the go? If you can't, visit Audible right now. You can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at Locked On Podcast slash offers. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As we talked about earlier, the Thunder did beat the New Orleans Pelicans on Sunday, but it really wasn't easy. It was a game that the Thunder started off incredibly hot, but towards the midway point of the first quarter, they started to cool down. The Pelicans started to heat up. And really, until about the five-minute mark of the fourth quarter, five- or four-minute mark of the fourth quarter, the Pelicans... I feel dominated the game or at least controlled it. The Thunder just had a lot of trouble throwing together consistent possessions of good basketball offensively. You had guys like Drew Holiday for the Pelicans lead the way with 26 points. Lonzo Ball was hitting shots. Josh Hart was hitting shots. And really towards the end, I thought Brandon Ingram was going to put another example of just his growth as what could be a dominant scorer in the NBA at the end of this game. But after the Pelicans got up by five with about around the five or four minute mark of the fourth quarter, that's when Chris Paul went to work. The Thunder went on a 12-0 run to regain control of the game and ultimately went out. Time expired. Uh, the Pelicans, I don't know what they were doing. I mean, they're a bad team. I know they don't have Zion Williamson. They were going to be a bad team, probably even still, with as much uh, responsibility as they're throwing at a bunch of young, inexperienced players and rookies, regardless if Zion is out there. But they they really mismanaged the clock towards the end of the game. And Chris Paul's experience, his savvy veteran leadership, his his ability to just knife his way through a defense in the half court and just be so calm and so cool under pressure. I mean, it's uh, it was really showed off in this game. Uh, 16 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds. I'll just go ahead and read off his most recent stat lines from the last 3 or 4 games. Uh, we'll go back to the uh, the LA Lakers game in Oklahoma City. He had 18 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds. Golden State on the road, 20 points, 5 assists, 7 rebounds. Portland, that bad, bad game, 16 points. 
five assists. I don't even want to read the rest. That was just such a terrible game. And the first game against New Orleans, he only had seven points, five assists, and six rebounds. It's it, it's looking like Chris Paul is is becoming more and more comfortable with not just playing with the Thunder, but playing with the guys on the Thunder. Danilo Gallinari, Stephen Adams, even as he gets back uh, healthier and healthier. Shea Gildas Alexander. I mean, this game was a really good example of how I would probably want the Thunder to play all their games if they're going to have the mentality of we want to win this basketball game and I know very very well that that's what the menta- that's their mentality Chris Paul doesn't like losing like he even told us in the locker room a few weeks ago I hate losing it sucks that should just give you some insight as to what the team is thinking not necessarily what the front office is thinking but the game really like I said the Pelicans really controlled uh, through the midpoint of the game. During those times, Shea Gildas Alexander was really struggling, but Chris Paul uh, really allowed Shea Gildas Alexander to basically play through it. I mean, Shea ended up 5 of 17, didn't look comfortable. He's kind of continuing his bad little skid of games uh, the last seven or eight games or so. But again, that's to be expected for a second year player and a second year player that is trying to learn how to fight and attack defenses that are defenses that are scheming out to stop him but as soon as it became winning time as Chris Paul said in the locker room to the media following the the win in New Orleans it was winning time so he had to make he had to make plays and that's exactly what Chris Paul did and he did it to perfection almost the thunder took control late and beat the Pelicans with free throws and that's what I don't want to say that the thunder are a good team but I feel like for the most part, they try to play the right way. A lot of times it doesn't work out because they're simply not as talented or they they don't have as cohesive as a unit as they're going to face in the Western Conference more times than not. But for the most part, I do think that this team tries to play the right way and Chris Paul has a lot to do with that. And against New Orleans, it, it resulted in a Thunder win. And going back to Shake Gildas Alexander and his recent struggles over the last few weeks in terms of his in terms of his scoring production, I wanted to highlight something that Billy Donovan talked about in the post game following the win over New Orleans on Friday night. It was really kind of interesting the way that he said it, and uh, I'll just let you guys listen to it first, and I'll give you guys my reaction. Well, Shea had a tough uh, shooting night. It kind of seemed like he's kind of out of You let him shoot the, the tech. Was that trying to get him going? I guess maybe find something. Um, no, it wasn't really about that. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't mean this the way it's going to come across. I'm happy he struggled, you know, because he, um, he's another guy that works extremely hard. And I think adversity is good. He's had a lot of success this early part of the season. He's done some incredible things. And I think that I always feel like players, there's people that I, I think have what I call like surface confidence and deep confidence. And I think when you go through struggles, you find out what kind of confidence you have in yourself. You know, are you confident because you make shots? Are you like to me that would be just on the surface because shots are going to come and go. The thing I was encouraged about when he was struggling a little bit is he made a really really nice shot in the lane, which kind of was a big basket. He was still staying aggressive. He was still attacking. So I don't mean to say I want to see him struggle. I obviously want to see him play great every game. It helps our team. But I do think for his involvement as a player to be able to go through nights like that and understand how to kind of keep yourself engaged in the game, how to learn from those situations, and how to come back the next day and and, and get better from it, I think is really healthy for his de- development and growth. Because you know what? Like last year, if he was having a game like this, they'd probably say, oh, you know, he just doesn't have it tonight. Let's just have him sit down and we'll go back with whoever else we're going to go back with. Well, we need him out there for our team to be the best, best version of itself. So you know, he, we don't have the luxury to say, okay, you need to sit down. No, he's got to work his way through it. So I think some of the struggles he was going through will hopefully serve him well. But I was really happy the way he responded tonight, considering the fact that it was not a great shooting night for him or scoring night for him. I think Billy has the exact right mentality 
that you're going to need when you are trying to when you're trying to navigate a season with a young player. And I know, like I've said a handful of times, like I'm sure you've heard a handful of times, Shea Gildas Alexander is still a young player, even though we all know how well he can play, how great of a player that he could potentially become. There's still you've still got to get there first. And with Shea Gildas Alexander, I think a lot of it is just learning exactly how to be consistent. And it it goes well beyond just being able to put the ball in the basket. It goes well beyond trying to dish out assists, getting rebounds. I mean, so much has to happen and so much has to go right for you as a player on the floor before you can even even think about being that type of player on a night in night out basis that your team can look to to get that basket to to set up that assist to get that rebound like so much has to happen and in the meantime Shea's going to have to figure it out and there's going to be some lulls there's going to be 10 game stretches where he looks great like he did the first 10 games of this season where he was averaging well over 20 points a game and hitting big shots consistently for the Thunder. And there's going to be 10 game stretches like he's currently in right now where he'll go quarter he'll go quarters of barely touching the ball or even shooting the ball or if he does just not just not have anything fall for him. It's just it's going to be a part of this process of the growth of Shea Gildas Alexander and I really liked what Billy also said about the surface confidence and the deep confidence. I've kind of thought that as well. Like I've thought of it in, in terms of just seeing if a player looks like they belong on the floor. It's basically how I try to look at rookies whenever they're on the floor for the first time or in their first season. Obviously, say they're rookies duh you idiot um basically I, I just like when i see players that don't look like they're scared for instance terrence ferguson as a rookie did not look like he was in over his head now if you fine tune it yeah shooting wise offensively he looked a little bit in over his head but he didn't look like he was in over his head in terms of the the physicality uh playing against adults playing against grown grown ass men out there on the floor. Uh, Darius Baisley even has a lot of that into his game. Just his his high IQ basketball ability. He rarely is out there and looks like he's in over his head. Now they're, you know, these guys will still make mistakes here and there and even Shea Gilles Alexander will still make mistakes here and there. But again, I, I think it, it speaks more to, we all know how good Shea's going to be. You're just going to have to sit back and watch him struggle because I think, like Billy was kind of alluding to, I think it will help him grow as a player. Well, that'll wrap up this Monday edition of Locked on Thunder. I just want to thank everybody for listening. Thank all of our wonderful sponsors here at the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to thank everybody that has been so kind and awesome on Twitter, social media, ever since I've started this podcast. This is the third episode that I've hosted, and I'm still so excited to keep going and going and going and give you guys more and more awesome content. Please always feel free to uh, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, for suggestions, for questions. I'm sure at some point, once I get a better feel for this and get this down in a rhythm sense, because I'm adding this to my workload right now. And even though I might get a little bit more streamlined, I still have to try and figure out how to do this, not at two o'clock in the morning for my own sanity. But um, I'm sure I'll have like a a mailbag type uh, episode once a week for you guys to f- just to feel a little bit more included into the podcast because I, I know how important that is. But everybody, thank you so much for listening to Locked on Thunder. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Locked on Podcast Network. We have all podcasts for all 30 NBA teams. The Thunder take on the Pacers on Wednesday night in Oklahoma City. And so if you want to know your enemy just a little bit better, just go ahead and type in Locked on Pacers and give them a listen. I know they do a fantastic job, so give them a listen. But for me, I will say good night, goodbye, good morning, whatever time you're listening to this. I will talk to you guys on Tuesday.
Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.